Surprise of the century. Basketball, 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 basketball. Hello and welcome to the basketball show. This is uh, one host of the basketballs, and my co-host is basketball. It's time to play basketball. Basketball is going on. Have you watched Big Mouth yet on Netflix? Uh, I've watched like the first episode, and then I was like, man, this is too immature. And then I put it away, and then I thought maybe like 30 minutes after stopping watching, Dude, I watched South Park. Yeah. It was totally hypocritical. So, like, I've seen it, and then I gave it another chance after that, and I, I watched up to episode three or four. I, I like it. I just haven't committed to watching the whole That's thing. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I I was so into it, and then I fell out of it, and then I went back for season two, and it came out. I love Nick Kroll. Hilarious. Nick Kroll is a funny man. Uh, Super smart, and I'm glad that he has this kind of outlet for his creativity, you know? Mm-hmm. Coach Steve... <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's play some basketball. It's, it's amazing, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the starters. Uh, it, I honestly think it's just Matt, Matt Austin who's constantly uh, choosing to use his uh, his voice for drops. But it's, oh, man, in the second season, there's an entire episode dedicated to Coach Steve losing his virginity, and it's worth getting there if you're Wait, no, for- <laughs> I've actually seen that episode. Oh. Uh, uh, so you started watching the second season instead? No, my roommate was watching it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good, man. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I feel like you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch that show. Yeah, I think that's the case. If uh, you catch my drift, my smoke. What? Oh, for sure. What? Guess what, Neil? What's good? It's time for basketball. It's time for some basketball. Here we are, Gamer Runs, 101.5 UMFM. Every Wednesday and on iTunes. Check us out. Uh, I am one half of the Game of Runs. Siraj Kanda. I'm joined by the other half, Neil Noonan. How are you? Good, man. Good. It's a great weekend. You were obviously busy. I was I was very busy. Black wow. Friday, Cyber Monday, it's still going on. Uh, we are recording on a Monday, uh, the 26th of November. And uh, did you do any shopping over the weekend, Black Friday, Cyber Monday? You know what? I used to be really big into it, and I would go on BestBuy.ca, you know, check out what's going on on Amazon kind of thing, but in in my older age, in my bill-paying age, I have definitely turned into, if you need something, that's one thing. You know, like you've been wanting to get something for a long time, you need it for whatever, maybe a, mom, a lawnmower, whatever it may be, I don't know. You need something and you're waiting for Black Friday, Cyber Monday to get it at a cheaper price, good on you. That's yeah. that's showing patience, that's smart. But oh yeah. When you go online or to stores specifically to look for things you're not sure you need, but you're just getting the deals, if you're saving $200 on something, but you're spending $700, you are spending $700. You're not... That's true. Saving $200. That is my philosophy on it now. Did I need anything this this week? No. You know? But I looked. I definitely looked. Oh, for sure. I definitely looked. always worth looking. Nothing went in the cart, though. Nothing went in the cart. Okay. Showed a little bit of strength. Fair enough. So uh, I read on personal finance subreddit. Exactly what I just said, because that's where I got it from. Yes. Because that comes up every year, and I read it like three, four years ago, and I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to do that. If you didn't already need it before, then you probably don't need it this weekend. With that said, I did buy two t-shirts and I plan <laughs> to buy one more. So, um, you know, a very hectic, very busy uh, Black Friday uh, at Livestock. But uh, it helped me reflect a little bit on uh, 
what I've been up to lately. All right. Um, and a lot of that has to do with shoes. Nice. Yeah. So I ended up stumbling across an article about every sneaker PJ Tucker has worn this season. Man, okay, and teams are kind of just getting to this 20-game mark-ish, like quarterway through the season. And yep. hasn't homie, <laughs> hasn't Tucker worn a different pair every quarter? Um, that's that's the discussion. Okay, that, that's okay. apparently what's going on. I haven't fully paid attention to his shoes in a Rockets game, but scrolling through this article, there's multiple photos per game of different shoes. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's definitely it's definitely a shift uh, throughout the game. Uh, some of the ones that stood out more so to me, the Fear of Gods. Uh, Fear of God is a lifestyle clothing brand, a little bit aggressive of a name, but they're coming out with a new silhouette. Okay. Uh, and it's actually a performance basketball sneaker. With it being a performance basketball sneaker, I have a lot of questions, right? Like, is this an aesthetic hype beast thing? This shoe is going to retail for 300, 350 US. So that's going to be 450 Ooh. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for Black Friday for that one. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but overall, the silhouette looks nice. It's got a frosted air bubble in the corner. It's got a really clean silhouette. Nice little mini swoosh going on. Um, and p- that was one shoe that stood out to me that PJ Tucker has worn. Uh, he busted out the uh, Barcelona Kobe 6s. Uh, phenomenal sneaker. The Kobe 8s are actually... Uh, the Kobe 8 Barcelona colorway is one of my grails. Um, and it's actually not not too hard to get. So it depends how you... You know, what you consider a, uh, a grail. Is a grail something that's almost unachievable and very hard to get? Or is a grail just something that's just like just out of reach? In theory, you could get it if you spent 100 extra, 200 extra bucks. Uh, but to me, that's a lot. So that's kind of out of reach. No doubt. Um, but... Yeah, PJ Tucker is definitely continuing his streak as the sneaker king right now. And it it keeps me excited, right? Uh, We always talk about how fashion and basketball are so intertwined. And this year, it's at its highest. Tucker's side, do you have like a definitive top five, top three even of guys in the NBA? I don't know if Kuzma's gone in there now that he's working with GOAT. Um, do you have like a definitive top three, top five, whatever it may be, top sneaker guys in the NBA? Not, not sneaker because it's hard to track down. Like, I mean, Montreal Harrell is a good sneaker guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Dude's beast in this year too. My goodness. Yeah. Whoa. Twenty yeah. minutes a game, the and he's putting up like starter numbers. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh. Homie Dan from Livestock, once again, uh, shout-outs. Two, two consecutive shout-outs. Uh, man's is going to be stoked. Uh, said he's a Pete Kenneth Fareed. What are your thoughts on that? Pete Kenneth Fareed, for me, was during that was Team it 2012 USA. Team USA run. Yeah, that's the run. Because uh, after that year, everyone who was, who was on that Team USA, from Steph Curry to Boogie to Kenneth Fareed, everyone had a phenomenal year after that year. Um, at, or after that summer for Team USA. Was that the Kobe year that everyone was like, wow, this guy's getting up at four in the morning? On like, Or was that in 2008, Beijing? Sorry, I'm thinking of 2014, 2015-ish. Because that was, wasn't that when uh, Fareed got his contract? Maybe. Yeah, I think that was 2014-ish. Uh, so like past Kobe. Okay. But I think 2012 was the Kobe's getting up. 
I, I like what Dan said, and it's it's one of those things too that it's almost it's kind of like left-handers. You know, you just naturally want to compare them to other left-handers. I feel like this is the same thing with dreads. You know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> like players with dreads, you're just like, oh yeah, they're they're similar. Oh yeah, Torian right. Prince is just another Damari Carroll. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stereotyping so, to the max. So, no offense to Dan. Oh, here. Laurie Markinen's another Dirk Nowitzki. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I feel like there's definitely some of that there. However, maybe it's the dreads that's causing these guys to play similar because they do have similar games. Yeah. I think Montrez Harrell is already better than Kenneth Reed. I think ah. I think with the Clippers and mind you, the Clippers right now as we record on Monday, November 26th are at the top of the Western Conference above the Golden State Warriors. 13 and 6. They do have less wins than the Warriors, but they are beating them by percentage. Are up there. If Montrez Harrell wasn't competing for minutes with guys like Tobias Harris, who is a four now. Gallinari, who is a four now. Montrez Harrell has basically become a five, right? Mm -hmm. But they got Boban. They got a lot of really good players. And uh, I was listening to, I believe it was uh, Dan Devine... There's a few guys on the ESPN podcast today. They were talking about how this team is really, really good because they don't have any bad players. The Clippers. Yeah. Montrezl Harrell fits that perfectly. He's he's fantastic off the bench, 20 minutes. I'd love to see him in a role that he'd be asked to play maybe 30 plus minutes. I'm not sure where that is, but man, Clippers, super interesting. I really love that comment that Dan Divide made about they just don't have bad players and that's something to go on in the NBA. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, Montrez Harrell. I, I didn't know he had a sneaker game. It's a roundabout way to get there, but dude's playing hot. Sounds like he's got hot sneakers too. Yeah, no, he's got a pretty dope collection. Uh, Nick Young is an Adidas guy, so he's been known to uh, hoop in uh, the old school Kobe's, Yeezy's, of course, uh, PJ Tucker, of course, uh, being the sneaker goat. And then... Uh, Excited to see what Kyle Kuzma's got cooked up later on in the year. Uh, he's pulled out some player additions that have been really nice. Uh, it seems like the best flex is bringing out old school player additions. Yeah. Because those are still unreleased generally, right? Didn't Kuzma wear some pennies earlier this year? I think he did. Yeah. 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 Um, so in terms of sneaker game, I actually don't keep up on sneaker game as much other than slam kicks. But in terms of fashion... Um, it's pretty across the board. You can name like a litany of icons. Uh, of course, LeBron James, not just a fashion, but of course sneakers. But um, my favorite fashion influence in the NBA by far is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Not because I'm a fan of everything he wears, but because he wears things none of us would wear, but he wears it with confidence. Um, he is a guy who will wear in tucked in shirts and crop tops and just flex and uh, with some sneakers and that's worked its way into how I dress and how I look uh, just because he wears things that he wants to and he kind of doesn't give a shit about what you think and with that said it, whether it's whether he's working with a stylist or not he takes risks um, of course the most iconic look being the uh, camera crew oh yeah the photography pick um, <laughs> good or not he'll never live that down it's yeah, it's it, always there. It's a goat outfit. But yeah, there's just little things that uh, Westbrook does that probably makes him my favorite fashion influence. Uh, I'm going through my saved photos. I have a, I have a basketball saved photos. And uh, most of it's Russell Westbrook. Um, usually pairing a funky top 
with incredible sneakers and differently colored pants that you don't often see, right? It's just risks. That's all I like. A question risks. for you here. That's what I like. And the answer might actually be Russell Westbrook, but can you attribute the fashion boom, so to speak, in the NBA in the past? Man, I'm not even sure how far we can go back here, a decade or so. Can you attribute it to anybody? Is it Russell Westbrook? Uh, because it's become a it's become a really big thing now with David Stern, um, very infamously coming down the entire league and specifically Allen Iverson right on on there's the big dress code kind of thing. Adam Silver has come in, in what was it 2009, um, and I wouldn't say like that there's no dress code, but the NBA is not going to be finding players right now for not coming in a nice suit, right? Even on the bench when players aren't playing. It's kind of been really lax, yeah. really, coming from the NBA, which has kind of sparked this boom, right? And players like Westbrook and even, like, a Draymond Green kind of thing. Like, there's a lot of players, they know that the cameras are going to be there. Like, it's going to be Instagram, Snapchat, everything. Maybe Instagram's part of it, too. But every time they're coming to the game, they're going to be put on blast in, in a positive way of what they're wearing, their game day outfit, how it's, it's 82 different chances throughout the year. To come wearing something can you attribute this to, to anyone or anything have you thought about that at all no it's just uh i think actually david stern planted the seeds for what the nba is now with that ban that allowed i mean that put everyone in a formal attire right uh after that it had to take the players kind of taking the league back in their hands. I had to take someone like LeBron James with that sort of magnitude and gravity to start wearing what he wants a little more and, and other players to start wearing what they want a little more. Dwayne Wade, you know, taking a few oh, more risks. How could I forget about Wade? Yeah, Dwayne Wade. Uh, uh, though, uh, Fashion OG, for sure. Yeah, one who also definitely, surely takes risks. Capris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's, it's really paid off in terms of what the league looks like now. Uh, perhaps the most, my favorite one would be the shooting sleeve, the Supreme shooting sleeve, oh, which yeah. is an NBA endorsed collaboration with Supreme. That's an official NBA licensed product. Interesting. So, okay. Uh, I don't sidebar quick. So yep. Supreme has worked with the NBA before, but they told J.R. Smith that they could absolutely not have that on his leg and still play. Yeah. Because I think it's the extent of the branding, right? Hmm. But Marcin Gortat has a very clear Air Jordan on his calf that is roughly the same size. Yes, but that's Michael Jordan. Come on, Adam. Come on. I mean, if I were in the league and I got a LeBron James tattoo, I think they would still let me go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But sure, Supreme is not at the Air Jordan. No, yet. but if I got an H&M tattoo, they'll be like, dog. Okay. Right? <laughs> right? Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to H and M Basket Basics. Yeah, shout out to Basics, man. <laughs> Yo, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I'm sure it's popping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the shooting sleeve that, of course, Kelly Oubre and Jared Smith wore, and then Jared Smith got tattooed on his leg. Right. Like, that's the extent of what fashion is. Right. Like, it it's to the point where, if you have a lax attitude toward tattoos, you'll say something about your fashion style with tattoos as well. Right. I wear a lot of floral shirts. I also have... Actually, I don't wear a lot of floral shirts. I would like to wear a lot of floral shirts. And I have floral tattoos, right? Um, your tattoos are an extension of yourself the same way your fashion is an extension of yourself. Of course. So, uh, 
though I don't agree with the fine, it makes sense from a company perspective that Supreme doesn't pay for a sponsorship. They just had a licensed product. Right. And the NBA does not want another company to get more publicity for for free for such a constant stream. But hey, who knows? Jarrett Smith is currently looking for a new team right now, and who knows if he'll even be in the league. Very, I think very true. I think the Supreme Tattoo will look great in China. Yes, they so, would love that. Yeah, they, not only would they love it, not only is Supreme already huge in China, but Jarrett Smith will score 60 points a game in China. Oh my goodness. It'll be unstoppable. If if Jimmer's putting up 75? Yeah, uh, Jarrett's going to have a field day. JRC's that for sure. Yeah, he will uh, reign supreme. <laughs> there so. it is. There it is. That's what we were waiting for. Absolutely. Um, what basketball have you watched recently? Oh, man. Okay, so today's November 26th. I would say my basketball watching habit, habits, pardon me, early in this season has been predominantly around the Raptors. Okay. And and that that's not a huge change in my basketball watching life. But this year specifically, I'm almost like I I don't miss Raptor games. Like when they're playing, I'm yeah. either aware of it and I I can't watch it for some reason, or I'll watch a little bit of it later, or it's like this is what I'm watching tonight. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? And that's not only because Kawhi and Danny Green are on the team now. Notice how I said both of them because yep. they both matter that much. Um, Nick Nurse, just seeing all of them. See Pascal Siakam doing what he's doing. Um, but they're also always on, you know. And with the Warriors kind of floundering a little bit, uh, the Bucks look great kind of thing. But I feel like the primetime games haven't felt like big matchups yet and I, I mentioned the Warriors kind of thing uh, I think the Celtics are a big part of that how they're they've been floundering uh, Houston hasn't looked really good uh, LA is kind of all over the place they might have a great game they might have not a good game the NBA and you could look at the standings now um, you could even just kind of like by the general discussion across the entire league the best teams aren't the best teams right now yeah you know so me me tuning into a Houston Celtics game on a Thursday night is a little bit less I would say I'm, I'm not going to be checking into that like I would have last year kind of thing. Okay. Right? Like teams like the Pelicans have jumped them where the Pelicans are playing. Uh, who are the Pelicans playing tonight? Um, it might even be the Bucks. <laughs> I was like, that's the kind of that's the kind of team that I'm going to check in with. I guess what I'm trying to say Boston is, oh, they're playing Boston tonight? Yeah. So I'm, I'd rather watch New Orleans than Boston, but I'm going to tune into that game because it's New Orleans. Not For necessarily sure. Boston, which is weird. So I guess what I'm saying is because of how this season has kind of turned out first quarter way through, my the teams that I'm used to watching or were watching the past couple of years has changed a little bit. Fair. You know? But God bless the Raptors. Best team in the league. Okay. What are your thoughts on the Popovich comments about Kawhi? Oh, wow. Okay. Here, we're doing rapid fire. Um, I think that was definitely a little bit of a salty comment. Probably also a little bit true. Has that been more important for you this season, especially now that, you know, Kawhi's gone, Manu's gone, all those guys are no longer here? Well, I mean, Kawhi was a great player, but he, he wasn't a leader or anything. You know, Manu and, and Patty uh, were the leaders. So uh, Kawhi's talent would always be missed, uh, but that leadership wasn't his deal at that time. You know, that may come as he progresses, but, you know, Patty and Manu, filled that role for us last year and LaMarcus came a long way in that regard also uh, and that well, I'll leave it at that
Shots fired. Oh wow. my god. Wow. And then Kawhi responded, obviously. Uh, the reporters asked him immediately uh, next time he was available, and uh, this is Kawhi. It's just funny to me. I don't know if he's talking about last year or not. I guess when you stop playing, they forget how you lead. It doesn't matter. I'm here with the Raptors, and I'm focused on the season and not what's going on the other side. Ooh. Okay. Oh, they know. Spicy. They know. Okay, this is what I think about this entire situation. I think Pop's kind of right. And this is from a complete... I mean, again, we're two dudes sitting in a room in Winnipeg, Manitoba. It's really tough to talk about leadership when you're not part of the situation. Yeah. I absolutely agree with Kawhi saying you can lead in different ways. Uh-huh. You can lead by example. That's lead a real on the thing. Floor. Especially yeah. when you don't have a loud voice like Kawhi. Lead with effort. But when you do look up and down that roster... I would absolutely agree that Manu was a leader. Oh, yeah. Patty, that doesn't surprise me at all. Again, this is just going on from, like, hearing what they say, uh, hearing what other uh, their teammates talk about. And then Kawhi, not a prototypical leader, but like I said, I've watched a lot of Raptor games. He absolutely leads by example. When his teammates see how he impacts the game and the the hustle, the effort, the, the smart plays that he makes... That all that all matters, and that is leadership in a different way than Patty Mills and uh, Manu Ginobili probably lead, right? Yeah. I, so I think they're both kind of right in different ways. Did Pop have to say it that way? No, but Pop, Pop has been making snark, snarky comments for years, yeah. right? Um, that's just kind of what he does, and uh, I don't know. I really kind of like the Kawhi that's slowly coming out. Got his first technical the other day. Yeah. He was pissed about a, a call. Like, I think Winslow basically grabbed his thumb, just not, oh, it was bad. Um, I kind of like the Kawhi getting a little upset about this, you know? Yeah. I it, don't know. What do you think about the entire thing? Kawhi having sass is Kawhi having emotion. Yes. And I think that's what we need. That's what basketball needs. That's what the Raptors need. And I think that's what Kawhi needs, right? Kawhi may or may not have left the Spurs due in part to how protected he was and his branding and his image uh the more Kawhi has to say it it's better for his brand the more headlines Kawhi makes about things he says regardless of how negative or positive or how much he plays the media it's more headlines for Kawhi right so depending on where he wants his teammate rating to fall or (laughs) or where he uh how much press trust he earns or loses with his responses um that matters to your overall image and Kawhi wants to build that image of himself i think that was one of the reasons he left and obviously the other being health concerns and you know um maybe there are multiple reasons we don't know maybe maybe uncle dennis is some devious mastermind who's going to be working with rich paul and Kawhi and kd and lebron james are all going to be on the lakers next year who knows but Kawhi's building a character for himself, and that's what matters. Have you ever thought Uncle Dennis might have just not had a correct passport and never made it to Toronto? Yeah, we don't really hear about <laughs> Uncle Dennis anymore <laughs> in Toronto the same way we don't hear about LeVar Ball since LeBron yeah, got there. Yeah, hey, right? crazy. That's actually the greatest accomplishment of L.A. Braun, shutting down the whole... Actually, I, wanna, I wanted to comment on this because okay. um, I saw the most recent uh, Lonzo Ball shoes or the Big Baller brand shoes. Yep. They don't look particularly awful, whereas the first silhouettes looked like 
a sneaker you would see in maybe 1999. And aren't they like $100 cheaper now? They're now three forty nine instead of four forty nine or something. Yeah, I think that was the issue with one of the with the the sneaker initially is that they tried to put Big Baller brand out there as a luxe brand, whereas you had, you had like two hundred dollar, three hundred dollar slides and like four hundred dollar sneakers, that sort of thing. Um, prices have since dropped, and like the shoes are starting to look a little bit better. And LeBron had comments on. Lonzo not knowing how good he is or how good he can be. Yep. When I watch the Lakers, I watch a lot of Lonzo just because he makes some great passes. He runs the floor. Um, he's got defensive length. He tries on defense. He gets burned a decent amount, but at least he tries on defense. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's a turnstile, but he's also not like a stopper. I think he has everything that you need in a player to in someone to play beside LeBron other than a jump shot which unfortunately is the most crucial thing so when I'm reevaluating what the Lakers will be in a year we spoke about this last week I actually put Lonzo Ball on my keepers now I don't know if that's a hot take I'm, I'm starting to warm up to sneakers and the air of LeVar is kind of worn off a little bit I'm, I'm buying stock on the Ball family. Uh, at least Lonzo. I'm buying stock on Lonzo. I like it, man. I yeah. really like it. I don't know if it's a super hot take. No. Because I do think that there are a lot of people, I would I would put myself in that boat too, that do understand that Lonzo's value, he's become undervalued now, yeah. right? And his father had a part of that for sure. I mean, a couple injuries here and there, and now LeBron's here. It's completely changed. But I believe it was Dave McMenamin, he was saying this on The Jump today. He made a really good point about this is exactly what LeBron was saying to Kyrie when he got there the first time. He was talking about how, how Kyrie, I, I believe he didn't make the All-Star team the, the year before that LeBron came back to Cleveland. And LeBron would come out in the media and say that, like, forget this All-Star, like, not making the All-Star game. Like, Kyrie, like, you're going to be an MVP. Yeah. Right? And he's doing something similar here with Lonzo. And I agree with you, man. Like, I think Ingram's the biggest chip. And I think he he definitely has the most potential on that team. But I really like the idea of hanging on to Lonzo, letting him grow with LeBron. LeBron obviously loves this guy, right? Which matters, right? He hasn't said anything about Ingram, Kuzma, or uh, Hart the way he's talked about Lonzo, right? He obviously sees something. However... When has LeBron been a really good talent evaluator? Okay. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> the no, guy that needs Deron Williams on his team because he needs a playmaker. I need I need 35-year-old Dwayne Wade on my team. Exactly. That's Shabazz Napier? Jeff Green. I mean, he looks just, great. Oh my goodness. But I'm going to I'm going to give Lonzo the benefit of the doubt for sure. Yeah. But you know who LeBron did strike gold on? Jamario Moon. Three-time NBA champion, James Jones. Yeah, there we go. James yeah. Jones. And James Jones, I mean, he's he hooked up Tyson Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> he's, and now they're rattling off win after win. So there you go. Um, would you rather have Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball? Oh, great question. Ball every day for sure. There you go. At least you have Lonzo Ball <laughs> and not Markel Fultz. <laughs> this was a fire episode this week, man. Uh, it was good to talk shoes. Obviously, of course, uh, lots going on in the NBA as well, but uh, it's always fun to kind of step back and talk about the culture around the NBA as we do here on Gamer Runs. Thanks for sticking with us this week, everyone. 
We'll be back next week, as always. If you're listening to us live here on UMFM, thank you for doing so. Stick around. I'm sure there's some amazing content that will continue. If not, get us here on Apple Podcasts. We are there. Leave us a a nice review if uh, you like what I hear. Much love. That being said, enjoy the games. As always, we'll be back here next Wednesday on 101.5 UMFM. Game of Runs, baby.